everyone. It is now time for me to go live. So this is Archer of Archer.com. Today is Thursday. Oh, you know what? Wait a minute. Am I am I archiving this? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I might have to start again. Oh, I am archiving it. Yes, today is Thursday, um, June 10th, 2010. And I have two people so far who are going to join us in the chat, but I just need to call them. Uh, let's see. If I hope they're ready. If they're if they're, well, they're probably not listening. So let me go ahead and give them a call. Let's see. Hello. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. And Arthur, how are you? Good, but I had to turn off my stream after I answered. <laughs> Why is that? Because I forgot to turn it off first. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, Jay, this is your first time joining us, isn't it? It is. Do you want to go by Jay or by Haunt Club? It doesn't Haunt matter. Haunt Club. Club or Jay. Either one. Okay. Whatever's easier for you. Jay is easier for me. All right. <laughs> so, um, I know there's going to be some other people joining us because I think Larry Vader said he was going to try to join. Cool. But he's, I don't see him on Skype. Um, the Faye Driver. Is there, the, um, Faye Driver, would you like to join us in our chat if you're listening? Because he's on Skype. Have to wait for the delay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know what he's. I've got a couple topics. I'm. I'm oh, he's just. Oh, Larry Vera's just going to listen. That's fine, Larry. That is fine. Just thought I would open that up to you. Um, I've got several topics, and a couple are actually political. Jay, are you oh, a political God. kind of discussing guy? Um, I'd kind of say I was halfway between um, Ricky and um, Arthur. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> that's that's pretty solid in the middle, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Faye Driver is saying I would. What does that mean? Like he would join right now if he could, or can anyone interpret that for me? I don't know. What? Don't you speak Canadian? I don't speak the Mexicans. I'm like <laughs> the big fatty. Yeah, it seems like we're waiting for a but. Blah blah blah. Yeah. I think your question was, um, would you like to join? Oh, and he's and saying, he said, I, would. I would. Well, then I, let me I just, believe. I will just try to add, yes, I would like to join. Okay. There we go. Here we go. Then I'm just going to add him to the um, conference and see if he answers. It's, it, oh, there's the ring. Okay. Hello. Hello. Hello, Mr. Faye Driver. How are you? <laughs> Hello, Archer. I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. It's great to talk with you live. You know you are breaking my Skype cherry. No way. This is your first time on Skype? It is, for true. Oh, my God. You, you have an amazing sound quality. Oh, that's good. I, I invested $40 in a cheap headset. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's, it's a really pretty good one because I can hear you loud and clear. Oh, that's good. That's great, because I was concerned about audio quality, of course, especially being on your show. Oh, you don't have to be. Daniel Brewer's not here. I was just oh. going to say, have you not listened to my show lately? <laughs> I, mean, I can record on the iPad if I wanted to. And it oh, that's like, true, yeah. You know, it doesn't sound all that great. Um, no, but now, both of you are brand new to the Archer.com um, show. Yep. So you may you may know that we have to ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm aware. Well, then, Jay, I'm going to start with you, okay? Right. Um, how big is your penis? About seven. Is it cut or uncut? Cut. Um, are you a top or a bottom? Yes. 
<laughs> well, that's why he's in the middle between Ricky and me. Oh, okay, there you go. Um, I would say maybe uh, um, 70 30 to- uh, bottom top. Oh, okay. Yeah. And do you have a partner? I do. And he was at with you down at the gay days, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Very good. Yeah. All right, and then we're moving on to the Fay Driver. Now, let me ask you this, Fay Driver. Do you prefer to be called the Fay Driver or Angin BC? Oh, you can call me either or, whatever you prefer. Okay, well, I know you more as Angin BC, so I'm going to call you Angin BC. Okay, sure. I, I think most people do, actually. Well, you know who doesn't? Is Scotty in Australia. Did you listen to his show today? Oh, I did. Wasn't that a great show? It was, that was beautiful. It was really good, but I, I heard him mention that he doesn't really know who you are. Well, we've had email conversations and things, so he knows me a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, does he know you as Anjan BC? I don't. He may not remember me as Anjan BC, but I usually sign myself in emails as Faye Driver, also Anjan BC. So, ah, okay. okay. It just depends how well he pays attention, I guess. Well, you know, Scotty, he doesn't pay attention very well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the questions. How large is your penis? Well, 6.5 inches, but I have tremendous balls, <laughs> both, uh, both literally and figuratively speaking. Oh, my gosh. Bigger than Big Fatties? I don't know. That's a, that's, a, that's a tough one to beat, I think, but close. Have you seen his balls? I've seen them, yes, far, far more than I would have liked, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, that's wild that you have some big balls. Are you cut or uncut? Uncut. All right. And um, top or bottom? Well, that's a tough one. I'd, I guess I would have to classify myself as a bossy bottom. Oh, that's like me. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay. And I know you have a partner. It's the uh, mystery guy. What's it, what do you call him yeah. on your show? <laughs> Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson, that's right. That's right. Who's actually will probably be barging through the door any, any, or over the next 10 or 15 minutes anyway. So. Well, you just tell him to join us on the show. Oh, right. <laughs> Now, I actually do have a, qu- a quick question for you because um, Scotty asked the question on his show that I think I asked you a while ago, and I don't remember hearing the answer. How many cars do you actually own? <laughs> um, uh, three vehicles altogether. Just three. Okay. And what's the spy car? What, what kind of car is the spy car? That is a large black BMW 745. It's a, it's a big four-door Wow. Uh, car. And what year is that 7 Series? It's a 2005. Holy crap. You guys must be rich up there. Because <laughs> a 7 Series is really expensive. It is quite an expensive car, yes. But, but it's worth every penny, I have to tell you. Well, I know. I can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lovely car, yeah. Oh, very good. Now, um, you are new. You're, you are... Blah, blah, you... Are you familiar with Jay, the, our listener Jay, who's also on the show? Um, I know I've heard of Haunt Club or Haunt Cub, sorry, <laughs> That's um, okay. especially over the, uh, the the Gay Days weekend. We heard a bit more of you, but I see I've seen you poking around on the interwebs, um, but we've never met. No, no. Well, Jay, meet um, the Fay Driver. Fay Driver, meet Jay. Howdy. Hello, Jay. <laughs> Howdy. Now, where does that say you're from? Where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> I actually I live in Delaware. I'm actually from Baltimore, Maryland originally. Oh, not um, too far away then. No, and I've lived pretty much all up and down the East Coast. That's the best place to live, you know, the East Coast. 
<laughs> that's what I hear. Unless, of course, you live in New Zealand, and that's the best place to live. Exactly. <laughs> so, Arthur, how are you? I haven't, haven't said much to you in the, in the first ten minutes of this show. I'm just napping. It's all right. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, you know, I want you to speak in this show so that you can't say later that you didn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't make fun of you more. That's right. <laughs> so you're, you're doing well? Yeah, yeah. Um, my my busy time is over. The Pride Forty Eight uh, unofficial schedule is posted. So I yeah. saw that. I'm, I'm very pleased. Well, I should start by telling you who all is in the chat room. For those of you who are listening, we've got Larry Dean, Turniphead, me, Arthur, Brian Twenty Five J. I'm not familiar with him. We have that wonderful Donna Sugars, the Fay Driver, Guru Nudie. Aunt Cub, Larry Vader, Tara in Michigan. Oh, and then you moved just you just moved down to the Idlers. Who did? You did. Me? Yeah. You're not typing anymore. So, um, yeah, so that's that's what's going on in the chat room. Now, as I said, I do have some topics. Um I Arthur and I don't know if do you guys get the um the view live no. the same day at all? No, um, they. I don't even know if it's aired anymore. It used to be aired, um, I think, a, a few days later. Okay. Well, you may have heard it all through the interwebs. I'm not sure. But um, the last couple days, um, Joy Behar and, of course, Elizabeth Hasselbeck have been getting into this uh, discussion slash argument about President Obama and the big oil spill. Um Elizabeth Hasselbeck, of course, does not like Obama, and she keeps yelling and screaming that he's not doing enough for this oil spill. And Joy Behar saying, are you fucking cracked? This is, she's, she's, she's more like, hello, Obama did not blow up that oil well. Why should he have to clean it up? You know, that kind of thing. So my, my general question is, do we think Obama is doing enough or should he be doing more? And if so, what should he be doing? Hmm. Well, I hardly think he has any responsibility really other than enforcing some kind of uh rules over bp to, to have them clean up this mess and and restore this situation i don't understand how obama could possibly have any responsibility at all it's ridiculous to me no, see, I actually I, I agree with you completely. I, I don't see why she's even saying that he should have anything to do with it. This is, you know, because the, the, Republic, the Republicans love the big corporations. This is a huge corporation that has made a mess. Let that huge corporation pay for it and clean it up. Of course, they're probably going to go bankrupt over this, but I agree with you. Um, Jay yeah. or Arthur, do you have an opinion? Um, well, pretty much. Well, Sorry. God, Arthur. <laughs> I was just going to say it's a bit rich coming from a Republican complaining about everything because their policies are what created this problem in the first place with the, their alliance with big oil, especially in the uh, Cheney-Bush regime. But having said that, it, it's become this Republican mantra. And, and Archer, I think you're absolutely right that, that they want to spare the big corporations and give them a free ride. John Boehner just said that he oh. thinks the taxpayer should pay for the cleanup. I was just going to well, say that because that was a late-breaking thing, actually. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I don't agree with him at all. It should be BP entirely. And if BP ends up going bankrupt and the investors lose all of their money, too bad. Yes, yeah, so That's the it. risk you take when you invest in a, in a corporation. Absolutely. Precisely. Yeah, that just that, Elizabeth Hasselbeck, as you know, I, just, I can't stand the woman. She drives me crazy. She's, but it she's has to so be stupid. 
Well, she is. But it has to be said about BP that I don't think it's possible for a corporation to be more absolutely incompetent than BP is. And I don't just mean in terms of the way they manage their well, the way they manage their business. They're, they're running apology ads. Well, the, the thing's not over yet. It's a bit early to be apologizing. They're paying dividends to shareholders when they're facing billions, trillions probably, of dollars in costs associated with this. And probably before certainly before this month is out, but maybe even sooner, they're going to file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And the reason that they're going to do that is so they don't have to pay out all of these things. They're going to try to duck liability. But now, since their company is based in uh, England, would England have to have any part of that? Or how do the laws work? Will will we eventually end up paying for this is what I'm asking. Well, it's entirely possible, but the, the U.S. government can force BP into involuntary liquidation um, because they have major claims against the company. Now, it would require the British government to go along because they're now run by conservatives. It's it's questionable whether or not that would actually – whether they'd be very willing to go along with it. But – and especially because corporations run so much of the world nowadays. Yeah. And how, how willing are they really going to be to stand up to BP? But in my view – and this is only my opinion, I don't see how BP can possibly survive this. Um, they, they've already lost half of their value in the share market. They I, are but, facing but really, of dollars. Uh, Arthur, the same thing occurred for Exxon when the Exxon Valdez had that major disaster, and they're still operating fine. Yeah, but this, well, this, the, the Exxon Valdez now is like one-ninth of what has happened already. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, do we even know that? I mean, the this oil has hardly reached the coast yet, and so do we really have any scope about what kind of environmental damage has actually occurred here? Well, what I mean, we do know is that BP is lying about um, what's going on. Exactly. It's, well, it's either it's either lying or to give them the benefit of the doubt, they're so incredibly incompetent and stupid <laughs> that they just don't know. It's one or the other, because the absolute complete universal consensus is that there is a massive amount of oil that is stuck in plumes under the, the in the water where it yeah. can't be seen yeah and whales are diving through it and their feed is going through it all kinds of things is going are going on that we cannot yet see that doesn't mean that this isn't the the biggest oil disaster in the history of the planet it just means that bp can't get away with saying oh no it's not it's not on the beaches and haley barber can get away with saying it's a natural disaster Oh, well, yeah. I know one thing for sure. I, I I know somebody who works for in the um, National Wildlife part of the government. I can't think of the exact um, department, but he says that we are they're wasting their money trying to clean those birds and then send them back off because birds are uh, what are migratory and they're going to go right back to where they were picked up. So yeah. he says the most humane thing is to do is to put them down. And to spend the money on rehabilitating the habitat, not the actual birds from from today, it's to bring the habitat back so the future birds will be able to come there. You well, know that's probably gonna... true, but they can't sell that to uh, taxpayers. I know, and people will be upset that they're saying, you know, let the birds die because that, you know that's what they're mostly concerned about. But they're wasting the money because those birds are going to go fly right back there, get back in the oil again, and then they will eventually die. And this guy's yeah. an expert on the. Bird life, whatever. <laughs> Clearly, I can't describe what he does. But, <laughs> but anyway. well, I noticed I saw a commercial already from the the Florida Department of Tourism that they're already uh, pushing. You know, not all of our beaches are in danger, kind of thing. Yeah, yet. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Although there is a chance that this oil is going to, well, the slick or whatever, that they say is going to get into the Gulf Stream. Excuse me, I keep burping. Is going which to case, it, it, in which case it can go right to BP's headquarters. Right, because it will eventually go down around Florida and up the East Coast and then up over to England. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, so BP, then, BP, BP, I was just going to say, BP is not a nice company. It started out stealing the oil from uh, Iran before it was Iran. It was still Persian. And um, it only changed its name to British Petroleum um, in later years because it wanted to disassociate itself from what it had been doing in the past. So it's got a long history of corporate um, badness. Yeah. I just, I, I've never liked them. Mm-mm. Anyway, so then I guess we're agreeing that Obama is doing what he actually should be doing as president and leaving it currently up to BP to clean up. Pretty much. Yeah. So but, then Elizabeth Hasbeck well, is just barking up the wrong tree because if everybody. Well, it's, it's part of this Republican meme because they want to make um, President Obama seem incompetent and unable to do anything and um, a bad president. And it has nothing to do with reality. And they bloody well know it. They know that that if Bush Cheney were there, that there couldn't be any more that could be done. Because it, you look at what what's possible. You send in the army, except that that's a state issue. Unless you send in the federal, unless you nationalize the national guard in all of the the states and push the civilian government aside and make it a military matter, it's up to the states to deploy the national guard, which is where the troops come from. The states so far have been resisting doing that because they want to try to find jobs for many of the unemployed people in their states. And, of course, the southern states are hard hit by the recession. You say, well, what about uh, deep water Navy submarines? They don't have the training. They don't have the equipment to do anything on the well. Right. That's what would they do? They would just – they don't know what to do. Exactly. There is precious little more that the federal government, as the federal government can do, apart from trying to make things better for the people who are affected by it, the, the, the fishing people and various people who make their living on the Gulf Coast. That's really about all the federal government can do. It's ultimately up to BP to sort this problem out. Absolutely. They made the mess. They need to fix them and KBR and everybody else. And they have to pay all those fishermen who now can't do their job. I think they're already starting to do that. But they're also not – as quickly hiring these fishermen as people to help them clean up. Yeah. Anyway, it sounds really screwed up. Now, along the same lines as this is um, they were going uh, on the view, I should say, they were going into this topic about um, Obama's not getting mad enough about it. He's not becoming uh, an angry black man, as they're calling it. And then um, we'll be. So what is he? He should go and invade uh, England now then. <laughs> but Whoopi Goldberg was funny. She was like, man, at the beginning when, when he was being elected, they said he was too black. And now they're saying he's not black enough. <laughs> Be an angry black man. Do something I'm like, yeah. Well, that's yet another thing where no matter what he does, he can't win. Because right. when he was um, – being cool and detached in, in their view, he wasn't being angry enough. He, he needed to, to get in there and be angry. And then when he was angry, he's like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, he can't win no matter what he does. Right. They're going to they're gonna vilify him no matter what his decisions exactly. are, whatever he does. He, he should ignore the Republicans because they're just – they're like gnats. They're yeah, just but, going on and on and on and not saying anything and they're not contributing anything. But you can't ignore them because they are gnats. That, that's just it. They're flying around your head constantly. Well, maybe what they should start saying is, well, while the, while the Republicans are going on and on blaming everybody, the grown-ups are getting down to getting the work done. True. Yeah. Um, now, just as a side here in terms of the, um, Obama, uh, the view also brought up the fact that they heard, they heard it from somebody or they read it somewhere 
that the, a rumor that um, in 2012 Obama is going to drop Joe Biden from the ticket and pick up Hillary as his running mate. Has anybody heard anything about that? Hmm. I haven't. No. I haven't either. I thought that was the wildest thing. Why would why would he do that? You know, he would have no reason that I can think of. I, that's the same here. I don't know why why they're saying that. Right, well, that was just an aside. Well, that's that's the latest in a series of rumors that he's going to drop Bill Gates and put her in as Secretary of Defense. He was going to do all kinds of other things. The, the thing is, it's one of those typical things in Washington where the people who know aren't talking. The people who are talking don't know. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Very typical. All right. So, um, Arthur, I'm sure you've been following this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, should we be scared about the um, Republican primary outcomes of Tuesday night? <laughs> and that's the that's the operative word there is the Republican primaries. Were there how many actual Democrat primaries were there? Well, most states also had Democratic primaries, but in most of them, the the opposition was token at best. Um, except that, of course, Arkansas was a Democratic primary that mattered at that point, and uh, Blanche Lincoln pulled it out. The Arkansas one actually bothers me more than any of the Republican ones because, well, first of all, I think that Bill Halter should have won and not Blanche Lincoln. She's not a real Democrat. But that issue aside, um, I don't like the way that the left is framing this as Obama attacking the unions. Um, they're getting that primarily because Bill Clinton was campaigning in Arkansas and talking about all the millions that the unions were spending against Blanche Lincoln. Blanche, <clears throat> pardon me. Blanche Lincoln is a, a pretty anti-union senator. So, I mean, fair enough. That's what they do. <laughs> you know, they look out for their own interests. But that doesn't make the Obama administration anti-union because they were supporting Blanche Lincoln. They have a policy, as every president has before them, that they try to support incumbent uh, representatives of their own party. So his duty as the head of the Democratic Party is to support the incumbent Democratic senator. That doesn't make him anti-union. It just makes him a good Democrat, a good partisan president, as Bush would have done if he were in the same position. Um, But as far as the Republicans go, Carly Fiorina, the millionaires who won the Republican nomination in California, would be a disaster if she was elected senator because she is far right wing. She's against same-sex marriage. She's against abortion rights. She's even wacky on climate change. Um, I believe she's a climate change denier, although I haven't been able to get that confirmed anywhere. Um, She's a nut job. And that may actually play into Barbara Boxer's hands because of two things. One of them, first, that she has now made social issues a campaign issue in California because she's against things that Barbara Boxer is for. And the other thing is that she was fired as CEO of Hewlett Packard. A lot of people yes. forget that. She didn't, oh, well, I didn't she forget did. that. <laughs> she was fired because she was an incompetent CEO. Yeah. CEO. And that's going to come back to haunt her because, you know, if you're running as a Republican, the last thing you want to be is an incompetent chief executive because that doesn't play well. <laughs> you know, that, that sort of shoots your competency argument right in the foot. Yeah, yeah. And in Nevada, um, the teabagger won the Republican nomination and that will probably help harry reed yeah i was gonna say because here's the thing at least my take on the whole who won on tuesday night and so forth is yes i expected some of these teabagger people to win but that that, that's not the general election they're they're not i don't think they're going to win against the the uh the incumbents that they say that that they're going to win against i don't think they have that much support i mean in 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 the big picture who the the teabaggers yeah no 
the the polls indicate that they're a small minority of the population, which overlaps the Republican support, which is also a minority, and also the Libertarian support, which is a tiny minority. Um, but taken as a group, they're not. What is a potential problem for Democrats is there there is a measurable anti-government mood in the U.S. electorate, and that could be a problem for Democrats because there are more of them running for re-election than there are Republicans in in this these elections. True. So. That that will be a problem for uh, Democrats, not because of the, the teabag. So I think I, I really believe that their influence is hugely overrated. I do too. It's just that there is this anti-government mood. Now, Jay, so do you, so you think? Sorry, Archer. No, you go so, ahead, uh, Arthur. You think that uh, there's going to be just an anti-government backlash, and they're just going to vote out whoever's in, and whoever that whatever that means for whoever goes in, that's who gets in. Is that what you're saying? No, I think it's the, the the thing that the media is saying, all the talking heads are saying is that this is – well, some of them are saying it's going to be a bloodbath for Democrats. Other Others are saying it's going to be a really bad year. And I don't think we can know that yet. We have to see how some of these campaigns play out. A lot of the, the incumbents are running as essentially anti-government um, no. people, basically saying, I know how to get things done. I can go back there and cut the deficit. Or whatever you, whatever. Even the teabaggers right. aren't talking about taxes; they're talking about the, the deficit, the national debt, and those are those are issues we can actually have reasonable discussions about without all the, the shouting and screaming. Because what we, what you're really talking about is which government program do you want to cut? Not cut everything, because obviously not even the teabaggers want to do that. They show up at their rallies with their Medicaid up supplied wheelchairs, <laughs> yeah. and say, and say, no government health care. <laughs> yeah, and they've they've arrived there either driving on federally uh, run interstate highways, or they've flown through the FAA protected airspace, or they've eaten FDA inspected food. You know, it's not. As simple as say, cut everything. It's is, is how. What are we going to cut? How much are we going to cut it? What are we going to do? There is um, apparently. I read this on Joe. My God, there's apparently a uh, reluctance on the part of Congress to reauthorize spending for HIV medications because people don't want to be seen as spending taxpayer money on this program because it costs billions. But the problem is that these drugs are keeping people alive and also working, and in the long run, it saves the government hundreds of billions of dollars. But they, it's very difficult to sell to taxpayers. We want to spend billions of dollars because it will save hundreds of billions in the long run. That's People don't what hear they that don't that understand. Part. That's the part exactly. they don't understand. And it's actually that way with many other things as well. It's not just uh, HIV medication. No, no. That's just one example. Yeah, yeah. They just but can't as far, that. As, as far as Angela's question, I, I actually am a bit more optimistic than most um, Democratic-leaning um, commentators or whatever. <laughs> commentators are a bit too grand a word. But. <laughs> pundit. Yeah, I'm a pundit, I am. Exactly, you are. <laughs> no, I think, I think Democrats can do better than a lot of the um, mainstream media is saying, but I think that they're going to need to sort of rejig their games, and they're going to have to take on the challenges from the right. When people are saying, government is too big, we've got to cut government, they're going to have to come back with, what do you want to cut specifically? What program will you eliminate? Will you eliminate Medicaid? Will you cut eligibility? Will you raise the retirement age to 75? What is it specifically that you want to do that's going to accomplish this? Because as insiders, they can come back and say, I've done this, 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 and this, and the outsiders can't do that. They can be like the state of Virginia and cut education. They could cut the whole um, Head Start program. They can cut um, health care for poor children. Um, you know, just be like Virginia. Just cut everything. But yet keep the tax cuts for all the corporations. Of course. Precisely. 
anyway, I don't want to get too much into Virginia because <laughs> this is not a show about Virginia. But Jay, I wanted <laughs> to give you a chance. Do you have anything to share with us about this? Uh, to be honest with you, I, I didn't keep up much on the uh, on the primaries and stuff, so I don't think I'd really have anything all that intelligent to add. Okay, well, I just want to give you a chance. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> didn't want to leave you out. Because like, <laughs> sometimes I leave people out. Right, Arthur? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do have one other, um, not really major political thing, but it was announced today that the um, passport applications, what does it say? U.S. Department of State is pleased to use the occasion of Gay, Lesbian, Bisexual, Transgender Pride Month to announce its new policy guidelines regarding gender change in passports and consular reports of birth abroad. Beginning June 10th, when a passport applicant presents a certification from an attending medical physician that the applicant has undergone appropriate clinical treatment for gender transition, the passport will reflect the new gender. Without wow. without ha- actually having the sex change, you can go through the treatment as you know that you're working on, you're changing your gender, and have your passport changed without <laughs> actually having the surgery. That's isn't, fantastic. Isn't that yeah. cool? Starting today. Well, it is important, I think, to point out that uh, many people who are in the I, – I, I don't even want to necessarily call them transgender, but they're people who don't go and have the surgery ever. Right. You know, they, they, keep, they keep the parts they were born with. Right. Because gender, gender like sexuality, is more of a continuum than, than points on a compass. Most, especially most people on the right think that gender is either one thing or the other. But the reality is that it's it's far more complicated than that. There are there are girly men and there are masculine women, and not necessarily gay either. You know, there can be a girly straight man and a masculine straight woman. Um, gender is far more complicated than than we are led to believe. But this does play right into the hands of the right wing. That's going on about Enda and other bills, saying, "Oh, we're going to have men in dresses in ladies' rooms." <laughs> you know what? Oh, jeez. It's a tired argument. <clears throat> it is a tired argument. I'm just glad that the government is actually recognizing that people people's uh, gender is fluid, kind of, and they, it needs to be recognized when people are creating their passports. I just, I'm pleased with that. Yeah. Now, Anthony is screaming to get joined, uh, to be added to this conversation. <laughs> he just messaged me, let me in. <laughs> So I'm going to add him and see what he has to jo- add to this conversation. He better answer. <laughs> and watch him say, I'm not ready. <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> Anthony. Yes. Are you still in your bathroom? <laughs> no. Like your neck up. You're not coming through the proper channels. Give me one second. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, for some reason, you're not coming through my headset. Testing one, two, three. There That's better. Ah, were there you, we go. Were you ever a Boy Scout, Anthony? <laughs> no, actually, you want to hear? Wait a minute. Why? Why? why you want to I'm know? not surprised. Yeah. Why? What, Wayne? What brought up? I have a funny story, but what brought up that question? <laughs> well, you know, Boy Scouts are always prepared, and oh, I'm always prepared. Sometimes just- you're not. Well, no, I'm always prepared. That's just because uh, I'm Italian. But funny story, I oh, miss blaming it on your heritage. <laughs> <laughs> so funny story, I was I was actually I missed the Cub Scouts and I joined the Boy Scouts, and <laughs> I th- I think that they they didn't like me or being around. So my den mother basically stopped calling. <laughs> 
to tell you when the meetings are. Exactly. <laughs> oh. she, blamed it, she blamed it on her son and said, oh, my son forgot to tell Anthony. And my mom was pissed. She's like, fuck that. Did it. Because they didn't want the gay element in their Boy Scouts. I think they just didn't want the big nerd in their Boy Scouts. <laughs> All right, so – Anthony, you were begging me to let you in. What, what did you want to tell us? Well, I was just like, oh, you're talking about the corporations. I'm like, my God, when are we going to get up on these corporations' butts and start just tearing them down? I mean, literally, it's like all these fucking corporations get all these fucking benefits from the government and everything, and then they keep screwing us over, and it's the poor people in the middle class that keep suffering. I'm just like... It's because the Republicans keep keep telling the dumb people that it's the corporations that's going to save that are what's going to save America, and the dumb people listen to them and then vote for them. Well, we need to start killing the dumb people. Then. Well, I agree with that. <laughs> it's hard to fight stupid. I'm really yeah. starting to think it's it's a, it's getting down to the point where I want to start bashing some people's brains out. But you know, <laughs> that probably would get my butt kicked. So that would be fruitless. So you definitely would get your butt kicked. Yes, <laughs> I feel you, Anthony. I feel you. <laughs> and, and, and you know, Archer, as much as I agree with you about the Republicans promoting corporate interests, and you know I do, the Democrats aren't that much better. Well, Most you're right. of them you're, are in the back pocket of corporations too. You are right, but it seems like I he, and the, I should say that the Democrats will take just as much money from the corporations that the Republicans do. Yes, but it seems like it's the Republicans I hear more than the Democrats screaming of how great the corporations are and how the corporations will save our country. I think with for, with many Democrats, it's analogous to the Vatican of all things. The Vatican used to openly take money from the mafia, and they said that what they would they would take the money and they would transform it into something holy, regardless of where it came from originally. <laughs> okay. Well, the Democrats can take money from the evil corporations and use it to promote good things like workers' rights and health care and, and, and other things that, that um, the corporate elite might not necessarily want, but they don't want to take the chance that they might make an enemy either. Right. Well, so they keep giving money to the Democrats. Doesn't also boil down to the fact that no matter what, I mean, this isn't really a, democ- a democracy, it's a plutocracy, and that if you, you don't have money in this country, you can't get anything done. I mean, it's sad to say, but the Democrats have to take money from somebody because if they didn't, we would have a country of all Republicans. I mean, that's, well, that's just the why way this is. It, that's why it's like a collective. If we bring our money together, it can work. But if you have people like that, uh, I already forgot her name, the CEO, ex-CEO of HP, with who spent Carly 80, Fiorina. Yeah. If you're, no, was that her? Who spent $80 yeah. million dollars on the primary election. In California, that's oh, oh, oh. Crazy. You, you talk about Meg Whitman, Meg Whitman who ran yeah, for governor, Whitman. yeah, running for governor, yeah. Spent She's also 80, bad news. Eighty million dollars. She's a billionaire, and eighty million dollars was like a drop in the hat for her. Yeah, well, yeah. The, the corporate elites will th- will stop at nothing to gain power, and they've had the Supreme Court rule that they're people, and they can spend whatever they want on elections. This may actually be one of the last free elections in America before the corporations are obviously taking over. Mm. Is maybe the last chance to stop them. And if people elect Republicans, it's all over. Yeah. That's another reason why I'm optimistic. Once the reality of that starts to hit home. But, you know, I have two, uh, a two-point plan that would fix all of this. Ooh, ooh a two-point plan. The senator from New Zealand is going to tell us his <laughs> two-point plan. Have the floor. It, it's actually simple, except that neither of them will ever happen. The first is end all share markets. There's got to be a new way 
to share risk and to find capital for corporations that don't involve share markets. The reason I say that is because then the corporations care only about their shareholders and nobody else. They don't care about the customers. They don't care about their employees. They don't care about the public. All they care about is returning the investment to the shareholders. There has got to be a new model for how to fund uh, risk and meaning, how to make business grow. Meaning that they would get out of the political realm if they were, if it was only that no, way? That's a different issue. Oh. But in terms of capital, um, there's got to be a way of ending the current way of funding corporations to end share markets forever. Because as long as that continues, corporations are going to continue to do evil things and to make shortcuts because they have no incentive to do otherwise. Their only incentive is to return maximum return to shareholders. And that the other name for that is called greed. Yeah. There's got to be a way to fix that. And the other thing is proportional voting. And I don't just mean... Um, some sort of instant runoff system, as people are talking about for the U.S. I mean full full proportional voting, as we have here in New Zealand, as uh, part of Australia has as well, um, and other places, and as Britain is talking about moving toward. And that is where the representation of Congress is directly related to their popular support. So you will never have a situation where Republicans win with 30% of the vote, for instance. Or you won't have a president elected with uh, a minority of the vote, as Bush had both times. You'll end up with the person who is elected will have the support of the majority of the people, whether it's a district or nationwide, doesn't matter. Um, those two things together will change the balance entirely because corporations will no longer be focused only on greed. And the political side of things will be focused on electing the person who has the full support of the people and no longer just the corporate elites or the um, right-wing elites. That's my well, two-point plan. Well said. I, I, I wish that you could get that in place. But I think it's you'd not have to be in America for that to happen, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, but the thing is that the interests in, in the U.S. are so fully entrenched that I don't see either one happening. The, the share market thing, is it would be a global thing. It would have to be a global change. Yeah. But the the thing about the proportional voting in the U.S., it's not going to happen until people rise up and say, we're sick of having a choice between Tweedledum and Tweedledumber. We want a choice between somebody we really want and but they the don't, rest of they, the they, they, they don't see that they only have two choices. Everybody thinks that you have an optimum choice. I don't think people realize that you're working basically under a two-party system, right? I mean, even I, in Canada, we have... We have a multi-party system, but really, it's really only a two-party system. Yeah. Right. That, yeah, and it's, it's difficult to make the transformation from a um, two-party duopoly to a multi-party state. It's, it's not something that happens overnight. In, in New Zealand, we went to a multi-party system with the 1996 elections, but it took probably the better part of a decade before people started to get the hang of and started to understand things like strategic voting and things like that to maximize their vote. And But it is possible. It is possible to end the stranglehold of two parties who are, um, you know, doing everything. Oh, apparently Archer has to go pee, so I'm going to talk. <laughs> but that's what that was. <laughs> that was uh, Skype peeing on us, I think. <laughs> he's going he's to be mad that I said that on the stream, but that's okay. Well, while he's waiting, um, why doesn't somebody introduce me to the other individuals in the room that I probably have never met before? Well, they can introduce themselves. That would probably be best. Please. Hello, I'm Jay. Hot Cub. Hi, Jay. Where are you from? I uh, am currently in Delaware. Delaware, the state? Yes. Very, very small state. 
Okay. And uh, where are you? Where are you uh, how do we know you? How are you famous? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have a podcast or anything, if that's what you mean. Do you have a blog? I don't. And how does Archer it's know really you? just a, a listener. Oh, well, that's fine as well. Just want to know There's- how we know you. Yeah. There's no such thing as just a listener. <laughs> well, I know, I know. But, uh, okay, and then, then uh, who are you, Faye Driver? Uh, I am just that, the Faye Driver. I run the Pink Wheel Nuts podcast. <laughs> wait, uh, wait, the what? The Pink, Pink Wheel Nuts? Wheel Nuts. Yes. Oh, my yes. God, that's, amazing. that's a great name. Um, uh, you can check it out since you're new, new to the Pink Wheel Nuts podcast at pinkwheelnuts.com. I, I'm going there as we speak. So uh, I'm based in Vancouver, BC, and do a do a sort of a semi-driving show, but not really about driving. Oh, so you do your show from the car, is what you're saying? Exactly. Uh, you know, that's starting. To, <laughs> you know, with this whole audio booth thing, I'm starting to think that might be the way of the future as well. So, oh, so we got two East Coasters and someone from the East 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 Coast, <laughs> or or the West, depending on your point of view, depending which way right. you go. Well, I'm, I'm going from the international date line, so. We, we have two Commonwealth countries represented. <laughs> Precisely. Oh, they he's back. Did you all tell them I had to go to the bathroom? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I drank a Coke before I sat down here. I'm like, oh, that was a bad mistake. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go to a commercial break. Well, but we're live. <laughs> I know, but I can fill for commercials, you know. Well, anyway. By the way, if you want a good quality pet, check out. <laughs> now, as Big Fatty would say, has everyone tweeted that we're prod- broadcasting live? I have. And Come I on. even did the Pride 48 tweet for you. Oh, good. Thank you. Broadcast. Yes, Moose, everything came out just fine. <laughs> <laughs> it was just some liquid Coke. <laughs> anyway. Now, it's um, a regular diet. It was. It's <laughs> caffeine-free Regular Coke. Caffeine-free? Why would you drink caffeine-free? That's like drinking caffeine that's decaffeinated coffee. That's totally pointless. Because my do doctor said, your heart cannot take the caffeine, so stop drinking it. You know, I used to agree with that, but the thing is, if you're a really big cola fan, you can make the leap over I'm, to caffeine-free, at least at night. Yeah. That's what I do. I mean, I try not to drink anything caffeinated after like 7. But, yeah, uh, me too. I have not. I have not um, had an issue with it at all. I had no problem jumping to the decaffeinated. The problem I would have, though, is going to diet coke because I cannot stand it. No, uh, I switched to you. diet years ago, and now regular soda tastes kind of funky to me. Oh, see, I need I need all the sugar. <laughs> see, I'm I'm addicted to diet coke, and because I switch and and I try to go back to regular coke, and it just doesn't taste right. But you know that that aspartame stays in your for years well yeah. i look i look at it this way either i die from cancer from the aspartame or i die from getting fat from the regular coke so i'd rather die skinny <laughs> you could just switch to water <laughs> i actually I, I do drink a lot of water i do about one can of coke a day one coffee one water and i used to drink about four cans a day well think of so. it this way when you get the cancer from the aspartame <laughs> you'll get skinny because you won't want to eat anything oh that's terrible <laughs> <laughs> Is it, isn't the aspartame thing kind of unproven or I mean well you know funny you should ask that because I've, I've been going back and forth on this for years my, my sister is a real um, aspartame anti-aspartame fanatic mm-hmm. and I did I, try, I spent hours probably trying to either prove or disprove what some of the things she was saying about how 
um, in Iraq, formal, um, uh, aspartame in diet drinks had turned into formaldehyde and was causing the Gulf War syndrome. That, for this is from the first Iraq War. Oh, my God. And, and that I don't think is true. But And it also – there doesn't seem to be any, any proof that aspartame does cause brain cancer. But there are plenty of people who do suffer headaches when they have something with aspartame in it. So there's obviously some sort of food yeah. allergy thing going on at the very least. If right. I, know, I, I personally know plenty of people who get diarrhea from aspartame. I, if I don't have my oh, diet, they could lose Coke. weight that way. <laughs> if I if I don't have my diet coke on a daily basis, I get very cranky. It's like um, it's it's well, that could definite, be the caffeine. Well, yeah, I mean it's it's an addiction. I mean it, it it literally if I don't have it in the morning, or at least one coke per day, I get very cranky. It's 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 as bad as cigarettes. From well, I don't, I mean, I've oh, never we have a, we have a chemist in the room. Veritable Virgo says aspartame's major issue is a condition called PKU sensitivity, where some people cannot meta- metabolize. How do you say that? Metabolize. <laughs> metabolize. Metabolize. <laughs> metabolize the two amino acids that make it. This causes the headaches and a change in brain chemistry. Wow. That, that's that's absolutely true. And but the people, the the real PKU people are a very small tiny minority of the country of the population rather and they tend the people tend the people who have that affliction tend to also have profound mental retardation so it's not an ordinary sort of thing that explains and- anthony then no, actually, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was waiting for that. You know, it's it's great. It, it, it's sad when I, I see the setup, and then I, I know where the ball's going to, and it, it comes right to me in left field. But um, actually, I I know somebody, or I knew somebody. Sadly, he just died recently in a, a car accident. But his daughter has a PKU, and basically, um, it's a it's a it's a for him and his family and. For you know his family, still it's a pain in the butt because the parents have to order special food for the one daughter, and if she tries to eat anything, it's it's you know it could be something that uh, could be life threatening. And the, the concern of the parents is that you know is the kid going to get rebellious? You know, in the in when they grow up to get you know the teenager years. And, you know, be at a friend's house and say, screw it and eat something, and then they have to worry about it. So, I mean, PKU is actually a, uh, a pretty serious condition. So, But oh, I, don't, I, I, I don't think that the daughter is mentally retarded, though, um, or mentally well, – I'm sorry. I'm not being politically correct there. But um, but it is, a, it is a pain in the butt because not only do you have to order special food, you have to make sure you have it on hand, plus it costs 10 times more – than regular food is because of the, the the special food has to be ordered and shipped and stuff. It's it, it's it's a drainer. So um, if there's any advice, uh, <laughs> if there's any advice I give, don't have kids. <laughs> well, it's you may a rare not be able to anyway. <laughs> it is a rare condition. That's that's the uh, yeah. good thing. Yeah, yeah actually, is. Columbus is uh, Ross Labs down here, Columbus, Ohio. Actually, is a major. Um, uh, they do major research into PKU, I believe. So, uh, thankfully, thankfully he was in Columbus and happens to have con- he, or he had connections with um, with Ross Labs because he was in marketing. So, but well, I think I think the thing that bothers me the most about uh, about aspartame is there there have been a kajillion studies done on its safety over the what thirty years or, or so that it's been around, 
and there hasn't been a conclusive any conclusive evidence that it's harmful to normal healthy people when it's used in moderation in other words where you don't oh, drink like gallons everything. a day <laughs> use no. it in yeah. moderation it's okay yeah. however what bothers me about it is that it was invented by and uh, originally marketed by gd Searle, which um was a major manufacturing uh sorry pharmaceuticals company um they also had metamucil at the time and, and several other products the head of G.D. Searle at that time was Donald Rumsfeld. And the allegation goes that he used his political position to get the Republican presidential administration of the time to approve um, aspartame, even though its safety hadn't been fully proven. And there, the problem with that line of reasoning is that there isn't an adequate amount of proof to dispute that, or uh, evidence, I should say, to dispute that. And I'm not entirely sure that it should have been approved when it was. Now, the only countering thing I can say to that is that since then, there have been decades' worth of studies conducted that haven't been able to find the, the dangerous links that, that people are saying. Well, I could tell you the other thing is, is that um, the, um, not as, whatever's in Splenda, Splenda, whenever I try to drink it or anything with Splenda, I get major cramps and major indigestion in my stomach. So uh, I'm, I'm not sure if that contains aspartame, but I know. No. I know. I know. Yeah, Splenda is an entirely different thing. It is actually sugar, but they use chlorine to remove one of the atoms or something like that. I've forgotten what the process is. So it's a manufactured product. It is essentially an artificial sweetener, even though they claim that it's made from sugar. Well, who cares? Well, so is that <laughs> like can... that stevia stuff? Isn't that also? No, sugar? no. Stevia is different. Stevia comes from a South American plant. Oh. Um, that's why you'll find it in a lot of health foods or things from um, you know natural health food stores and so on. That's that's an entirely different product, but there are Arthur, there are so many sweeteners now. Arthur, how do you know so much? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> See, that's why I are have you? to have him on the show because he's so <laughs> fucking smart. I think he's some sort of artificial intelligence. He's not really real. <laughs> I do melt no, down I, his intelligence. Well, as yes. I have said many times before, what I was have been blessed with over my years is excellent teachers. They taught me. First of all, how to think and then how to find out new things and how to research and so on. You don't need to know anything if you know how to find out things. This is what I live by, basically. And, and it's re- teachers who did that for me. And if I remember correctly, you're also the elder member in the room. Is that true? Uh, probably. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure how old Jay is. but I I'm, a, I'm a couple probably. years younger than you, Archie. Not much. Oh, okay. Yeah, then, Arthur, you are the elder member. And you know what they say about the older people? They're the smartest. <laughs> well, speaking, Republicans. Speak, yeah, speaking as the elder. <laughs> no, but about sweeteners in particular, one of the reasons why I know this is because I keep looking for alternatives to sugar. Because I, I love sugar in my coffee. I can't drink coffee without sugar, and I know that there's what seven, no, thirty-two calories per teaspoon of sugar in sugar, or something like that. And so I've been trying to find an alternative so I can cut down. And I can't use NutraSweet because I don't trust it. I won't use Splenda because I don't trust that. And it doesn't leave a whole lot. <laughs> no, it does not. But you know what? I'm sticking with sugar. I like sugar the best. Yeah, I am too, actually. Yeah. Well, it's the safest, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I would just like to say that, Archer, I think everybody is smart in their own right. I know you're darn smart in these freaking words with friends because I can't freaking get any decent words whenever I play you. So, <laughs> Well, I was just – I don't know if you heard that in the background, but um, 
a member who is currently uh, on our chat right now, uh, Jay, is playing words with friends while we're <laughs> podcasting, and he just sent he just played a you know part of our game. <laughs> yeah, I, I you got uh, you got my little thing when I was in in the facilities there. I think it's that that game's probably taken off. I, I'm, I'm presuming that the servers are probably overloaded as we speak with the amount of uh, people playing on that. But I, I, somebody explain this to me not to get not to. To hijack and go off on tangent here, but if I place words in how to how to explain, if I place letters in a specific thing, does it automatically know which direction the word is going, or is does that have to be in relationship to something else? Well, words go from left to right or top to bottom. You can't yeah. go backwards. Or diagonal. Right, right. But it's sometimes I'm placing words in like areas and says that's not acceptable placement or acceptable word. I'm oh, like, it's probably because you picked up two tiles at once. I've had that happen. Oh, I haven't had that happen. I had that happen the other day for the first time. Oh, you I don't mean know how I did it. There's two different directions in it that the, the, the lever can go. Is that what you're saying? I'm not sure what... You're asking, though. I don't know that I'm clear on what your question is. Well, for example, it's, 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 there's no way I'm going to be able to explain it because it's a visual thing. But I'll put a letter down, and it'll spell word just fine, but it says that's not an acceptable word. Well, and it's it's because I think the other letters are next to other letters, and all the letters have to yes. like, all mesh together. Yes, you can't they have, all have to make words. If you drop it around – like if you have three letters around – and you put one letter in the middle, it has to make words for all three of those other letters. That's what that's what I was figuring. That's a hard game. <laughs> it's fun, though. It's now, I was really going to say that think. many people I'm playing with are currently in our chat room. Uh, PHX Dave and Gary on, on, Gary on Maine in Dallas and Haunt Cub and uh, all these people I'm playing with, it seems like. I've only got a few well, in, the, in the chat room. Well, hey, why don't we and get Lurie you guys chat? Yeah. I've right, got like what? 25 games going. Chat? What? Does anyone use the chat function on uh, Words with Friends? I, some people do because I have a couple chats going with people, yeah. Mm. Well, hey, I, I usually do, like when I told Archer that I just scored the biggest number of points against him ever. Okay, what's the biggest number of points you've ever gotten? Not just me, but forever. I think 65. I got 80 today. Somebody I played, oh. I got 80 this morning, and I forget who it was. As long as it wasn't me, I don't care. No, I don't think it was. <laughs> I can't remember, Archer, but it was 80. Archer's been kicking my butt, and I've been like, did you you know, how like, do you figure that word out? That's there, not a word. There are some people that I can, I can beat their butts, but then there are some people who just kill me every single time. Lurie uh, Dean is really good. Lurie Dean, yeah, I think he's killed me once before. Um, what's the guy's name? It's... Um, he just he just killed me two hours ago. NorCal dude. North, North California dude. I cannot beat this guy. I don't know... I don't know how he does it, but I cannot beat him. He he wins every single game. Now, now have you guys <laughs> tried chess with friends too? No, I don't know how to play chess. You don't I'm know how to play chess, chess, and you're a teacher. That, what, now, what does that mean? There again. First, first graders don't play chess. <laughs> we don't. We play uh, checkers. I, you're supposed. That's like basic. First grade 101 isn't like checkers and chess like what they teach in like when uh, you're a kid. No, it's reading and writing. <laughs> Thank you very much. I've never played chess. What, what Terry in the chat room said. We all we can't talk at the same time. Jay, what did you say? <laughs> I said I've never played chess either. See? Well, come on, Archer. You're the you're the gay guy. You're supposed to be the head of the chess club. Yeah, but but school, but Archer's <laughs> like a teacher and Archer's a teacher and he's old. So I mean, I would figure he would know how to play chess. <laughs> 
I never learned how to play chess. I played backgammon. When we were kids, we played backgammon. I did that as a university student. So I, well, we took, we always took it to the beach every summer because we, we had those portable games and we took them to the beach and we had like little tournaments with my brothers and sisters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is backgammon a? Uh, is there a backgammon with friends? I don't know. I have to find. I have to figure that. Oh, that's out. a point. That would be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> well, chat rooms, please start some games with me. I want more games. My username is Ironhide1975. Oh, that's real easy. I just started. I don't one know. With Thank you. You're welcome. But Tara in Michigan said that she got that. 120 points. In I one know. Game. I wonder what the word was, and if it was a triple uh, word thing or. Maybe it was one of those triple things in two directions or something, because I've gotten oh, good points out of that. That's how I got the 80, I think, yeah. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Someone, someone is turning asking... Into words with, this is turning into a Words with Friends podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, Arthur, I, someone is asking what your name is. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, it's Archer. <laughs> no, mine. No, Arthur. Oh, it's Amarin's, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention. Oopsies. So, uh, who's getting the new iPhone? But Anthony, would you stop taking over my show, because that was my next question. <laughs> You wonder why I don't let you in. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that. That's why I was going there. <laughs> that was one of my questions. iPhone, who's getting one and why? I'm getting one. Not me. I, I, I want one, but I just bought a new 3G and I'm st- I got two more years left. But as soon as those two years are up, I'll probably get whatever the iPhone equivalent is then. So, Well, I think this is the one that I'm finally ready to, to get because I've been waiting for a long time. Plus, my contract is up in August, so that's what well, I'm going to buy it. There's a rumor today that came out that said it might actually be available on T-Mobile sometime soon. Yeah, that's, they, that always comes out. They're sticking with AT&T. Yeah, don't get me started on AT&T. I, I, I think you'll me, be I really know. happy with the iPhone, Archer. I will be because I get a full five bars in my house. Do you use your... Are you really as audio booze? Oh my gosh, audio booze. Oh, I should play some of them, but if I played them, you guys wouldn't hear them because I haven't figured out how to do that yet. But Arthur, I heard your audio boo today, your um, your uh, inaugural one or whatever. You, just on that one, I've done two since then. Really? Has anybody yeah. heard mine? Why, why no, because you're not tagging them Pride48, and I've got to go to the website to listen. Okay, so how do I do that? Let's let's run oh, through that. Oh, jeez, here we go. <laughs> when, when actually, this is this is actually worth worth going over for anybody else who wants to play along. Okay, you record your audio boo. Um, either well, I upload my files because I don't have an iPhone or the other one, whatever it is. And when I upload it, it asks me to give it an, a title, which I do, and then you can tag it. Now I tag mine, Amron's and Amron's podcast because that's what I do. But I also put Pride Forty Eight, which is one word, Pride Forty Eight with the number forty eight, no spaces or anything. And then people can subscribe to just that tag in iTunes and get all of the the uh, audio boos that are tagged Pride 48. Now, some people are doing promos. Some people are just doing ordinary audio boos. Some people – well, actually, I guess that's the only two things people are doing. <laughs> so, wait a minute. So, how do I – how do I – okay, so this is Go good to example. audioboo.fm. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's, it's free for anybody who's not taking part. It's free to, to participate. You can record – on the computer, um, through the website, it, all you need is a mic of some sort, and you can record whatever message you want. You can leave a message for the anybody taking part in Pride 48, which is how this all started, because we asked people to leave promos for Pride 48 through Audio so, Boot. So how do I add the Pride 48 stream to my iTunes? So I just do search for Pride 48? Yeah, like um, go to somebody who's participating like me or Archer or somebody like that, 
and you, you'll see the tags for any one of their booze. You click oh, on Pride wonderful. 48. Oh, this is so great. So anybody can contribute to the Pride 48 feed Absolute. just by tagging Absolute. their stuff Pride 48. Exactly. Awesome. So, so is tagging the same thing as the pound sign? No, don't use the pound sign. No, that's a hashtag. Okay, so oh no, it's just just Pride Forty Eight. There's no yep, no spaces. But awesome. it is Pride Forty Eight with the number, not words. Oh, wow. all, as Daniel would say, all smushed together. That's a technical term. All yeah, smushed technical. together. <laughs> I've got sixteen people following me. Jeez, I no, only have Archer, left. Archer, everyone loves you. I don't know. Although why. if you although if you subscribe <laughs> through iTunes, you don't really need to follow anybody. <laughs> that's true, and which I am subscribed through iTunes. Oh, um, Archer. By the way, before I forget, once again, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place tonight. Next time you talk to your boyfriend, ask him what he thought of uh, Diana Ross's performance at the Divas concert. I'm curious to get his feedback. Um, okay. <laughs> Let me write that down. I mean, this is, this is, I mean, it was a while ago. It was when she, it was the whole big Diva concert. But I, I'm curious to, what his thoughts are when she, they did the whole Diva concert and what he thought of her performance. Was it on TV? Yeah, about five years ago. But are you serious? He doesn't even watch TV. Why do you think he's going to see that? Well, he's he's a Diana Ross fan. He'll know. Yeah, maybe. Well, I'll ask him. Thank you. Um, Now I see that uh, if I look at the Pride Forty Eight tag, that Donna Sugars just did a live, or she did an Archer live um, boo. So you guys who are on the chat or talking with me right now, be quiet for just a couple seconds. I'm going to play this Donna Sugars because everybody else will hear it, but you won't. So let me play this. Hi, girls. This is Donna Sugars, your Big Silly Homo, from the brand new BigSillyHomo.com. And I'm listening to Archer Live on Pride 48. (laughs) That was really loud. (laughs) Sorry about that. Okay, we're done. You can talk again. Uh, Jay, are you still there? Uh, I think so. Yeah, you're still there. Oh, okay, cool. (laughs) Lori, Dean, you didn't hear it? I know I have it hijacked. Is everybody else still there? So far. Oh, my God. They said no, no, no audio. Here. They can't hear it. Maybe you didn't hijack it. You, you missed it. I'm looking right at it. I'm, I'm hijacking. Oh, shit. That means I'll have to go back later and stick it in. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because you referred to it. <laughs> Damn. Nope. No. Oh, fuck. I'm, I, it says right here, hijacking uh, iTunes. Well, Do you have the uh, little slider set too far to one end? No, no. Oh. So, Hong Cub, uh, they're talking to you in the chat room. And did someone say the someone saying you got an Evo or a Droid? Well, I actually have a BlackBerry, but um, I know that uh, Daniel just got the Evo, and I was just curious if it was just on Sprint, but I guess it is. Yeah, I saw that today and whatnot, and then, of course, I've seen the Droid, and... Uh, Sorry, I have to say, as a Apple fanboy, that that's close, but no cigar. But that's yeah, just- I just I really want an iPhone badly, but I just can't get myself to leave Verizon. I've just heard too many horror stories about AT and T. Yeah, that's that is the only hindrance. But you know, at this point, you might as well just get an iPod Touch, get Skype on it, and just buy a MiFi. <laughs> I actually do have a Touch. I've had I have the uh, second generation. That's oh, what I'm saying. The, uh, the words of friends on. I still have the first generation. I just got it fixed. Yeah, mine's guess, much full, so I'm thinking maybe I should go for the third gen with a higher uh, memory. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's getting closer and closer to where you won't even need to be on a carrier. You just will need some sort of internet connection. But um, let's see. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm reading the chat room. But yeah, I, the Evo actually, uh, from what I saw, was actually pretty pretty decent for uh, the my coworker got in. And but I, I will give him credit. That at least his phone gets reception. My phone. I'm sitting at my desk. I get no reception. <laughs> so yeah. So I, it's it, AT and T is the the Achilles heel that is hindering Apple, and I and once again I don't know why Apple is. Ah, anyhow. Yeah, I mean, my contract, to show. My I'm sorry. In December, and uh, right now I'd probably get the Incredible if I had to get something with Verizon. But I'm hoping maybe there'll be at least some news by then regarding the iPhone. I don't know. Yeah, I saw the Incredible too. I mean, what's nice is that at least all these phones are at least using Android. And at least Android's the, the interface is at least consistent across all of these phones. So if you've used one and you switch over to another phone, I mean, you know exactly. It's pretty much the same thing, which is nice. Right. right. So my partner's got the uh, the first Droid, and it's basically. I mean, I was rather impressed, but um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a nice second best compared to the iPhone in terms of the design and if anything you know you could also download porn on it so <laughs> well Daniel Brewer somewhere in the world is playing words with friends because he just played my it was just his move on my game uh, where is he tonight by, by the way um, he's Arthur, on his way home you, oh he's on his way home mm. okay I was going to say because you're his keeper right <laughs> yeah. no he tweeted before that um, they were headed home oh. yeah I saw that I'm not following the Twitters. What's going on? I may have an iPhone soon. Really? Yes. A hand-me-down. Uh-huh. Who's who's handing it down to you? Nigel. He's got an iPhone 3GS. Oh. Now, who's the carrier over there in New Zealand? Vodafone. Anybody you want. Anybody you want. Really? Vodafone is the official carrier, but there's no reason you can't use it on one of the others. Now, what is the data plans like there? There are none. There, what we mean, there are none. You pay as you go. Really? Yeah, you get a, a small amount of traffic a month. I think it's something like six gigabytes or something in a plan. <laughs> That's small. That's, That's yeah, pretty much what we get now. It was compared to unlimited. I used well, two point one gigabytes in my first month on this iPad. Well, actually, I can tell you why you all chat. You know what? You know, I was upset about that too. But then I actually looked at what my rate was, and I barely go over a half gigabyte on my iphone well but i on my on my iphone i would get the lowest uh lowest plan on everything but on this ipad i'm doing everything on that sucker and i'm using up the bandwidth big time yeah aren't you glad you still uh you got that that uh yeah i'm grandfathered into the unlimited plan yeah, it's uh, it was funny. I was actually meeting somebody for lunch yesterday, and I was, was going to show him the i the iPad. And then driving there, I went, "Fuck! I canceled my 3G plan." And I'm like, because I'm like, once again, my logic is like, well, I'm always going to be near a wireless connection. But unfortunately, Wendy says I have a wireless connection, so so I'm like, well, it's really cool, but I can't really show you anything. But uh, here, play with it. <laughs> now, I was hoping to move this show into a different direction. Excuse me, I keep burping. Um, it was discussed today on Scotty's show, and the Faye Driver mentioned it on his show. You were talking about, um, actually, uh, Ange and BC, it was Scotty talking about you on your show. Did you That's hear Scotty's correct. show today? I certainly did, yes. 
And it was very interesting. He said, because he um, was talking about you and how you were talking about your family and that you're moving and that your brother has never been to your house and all this kind of stuff. And I thought, that is really interesting because I actually heard you on your show say that when you were getting ready uh, to do your move and stuff. And then um, Scotty went into his whole chat about his family and he told us a lot of background information that um, we did not know about him. Yeah, he did. We learned about his twin brother. I mean, I, I knew we had met his twin brother before, but he spoke a bit more about his brother and he has another younger brother. It was it was really interesting to hear about Scotty's life. It was a great, great show. It was. I, and I was kind of thinking that we could go that way with this show because we don't really know anything about Jay. <laughs> right. And I was hoping Jay could tell us something more about himself. Uh, what do you want to know? Well, do you have any when brothers did you come or sisters? Out? Oh. <laughs> um, okay, I have one brother. Does he is, know? Does he know you're gay? What's that? Does he know that you're gay? Oh, absolutely. I'm out to my whole family and everything. Okay. And when did you come out? Um, I actually came out fairly late. I came out. Uh, I guess somewhere around 24. <laughs> you think that's, that's late? late? <laughs> you know, compared to people nowadays, I mean, younger people, it, yeah, it seems pretty late to me, but maybe, maybe not to my peers. I don't know. I think I yeah, was, I, I'm the same way. I think I was 22. I, I actually, I was um, mine was kind of weird in that I uh, had a friend who I worked with uh, in Maryland at the time, and um, we both decided to move down to Florida together neither knowing that the other was gay and uh we just kind of sort of fell into a relationship so i sort of came out right into my first relationship which lasted about five and a half years wow, wow yeah. yeah it's kind of kind of different i didn't you know go to the bars and all that kind of stuff i kind of was in a monogamous relationship for quite a while when i first started out Good for you. Now, Lurie Dean says, tell us about your twin brother, Jay. You have a twin brother? No, I think he needs him. <laughs> what? We were talking about in the chat about how we had some similarities. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I just have the one brother. And he's got four kids, so he kind of, my parents are set as far as the grandchildren. I don't have any worries on that. <laughs> That's good. You're off the hook. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Cause, which is good because I'm not a fan of children. You know what? I don't like kids either. <laughs> and yet you work with them I only like them between 9.15 and 4 o'clock I and, hear you And the other time of the day I can't stand the little fuckers <laughs> <laughs> So um, Jay, just in general What do you do for a living? Um, I'm almost embarrassed to say But I actually work for a health insurance company Why? Now wait, why are you embarrassed to say that? Well, you know we're not the most uh, because we hate a health insurance company. Industry, yeah, <laughs> that could be. That's okay. You know, Lurie Dean is a reject from the um, health insurance company. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean he jumped ship. He got out. <laughs> well, the only thing I can say in my defense is I actually do uh, facilities and things like that for my company and our buildings. So I don't really. I mean, granted, I'm paid by you know from basically from people's um, premiums and stuff, but. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm not in sales. I'm not in customer service or any of that kind of thing. I'm just kind of uh, operations kind of stuff. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Now, how long have you been with your current partner? Uh, we had our 10-year anniversary in January. Oh, my God, 10 years. Yep. Good for you. Thank you. And you guys live Do in we Delaware? Know how old? Yes. 
Sorry? Have we, are we allowed to ask how old you are? I am uh, 43. Oh. And so how old are you, Ange? I am exactly the same age. Oh, very good. Was <laughs> oh, that why it was, oh. God, yes, that's why it was, oh, yep. Young sounding. Yeah, I'll be 44 this year. Well, I'm only 20 years old in gay years. That's how I figured it. <laughs> and you say that because you came out a little bit late too? And yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. when uh, Around between 22 and 24, I guess. But see, I don't think that's late. I, I came out when I was 22 and I thought that was early. No, that's not early. Ask Larry Dean when he came out. He, uh, he, actually, well, he told us Chad he came out when he was 16 in 1976. <laughs> right. Well, it also depends on the time period. I mean, uh, you know, kids are coming out now when they're like 12. And, you know, back, I'm sure, in the you know 50s, anyone that was coming out probably – well, they probably didn't come out in the 50s. And some, some people I know didn't come out until the, they were four years old. So um, it you know, depends on the, the person, the time period, and their – Sort of where their upbringing is. Like, well, like you guys didn't know that. I'm sort of preaching to the choir, but. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't come out till I was, I mean, it was a gradual process when I was in college. So it was, it was probably about 18 to 22 to 24. So, I mean, sort of around that time, but I thought, I, I thought I was, you know, I was late. I mean, I, it was, I didn't have any gay connection until my junior year of college. I mean, before that, it was like, you know, free net emails, you know. Well, now, if you're talking about stuff like that, I actually had a boyfriend in high school. I just wasn't out to people. You know, I had early experiences with the gay. But, oh, um, yeah. I, I experienced when I was young, too. I had experience when I was like 13 or stuff, but I wasn't, I did, you know, the the uh, and, and I was well aware when I was in high school. I just you know thought I was going to hell until I came to college. So well, you know you are going to hell. You're still going to hell. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, you know I think the boy. I think I'm going to if I do go to hell, it's going to be like South Park, where it's going to be like I'm going to be like Satan. Come on, sexy stud, let's get into bed together. Oh, I'm tired. Come on. <laughs> So so when did you when did you sort of self identify then as being gay? Like when did you finally decide, oh, I must be gay? I'll, oh, that's I'll a good question. Yeah, did did you go through some kind of um buy now, gay later kind of thing? Who who's that? Who who are you asking? You. Oh, I actually straight funny story. I was watching the movie um Adventures in Babysitting and in the movie they called the comic book character Thor a homo. So I asked my mom, Mom, what's a homo? And, <laughs> and she explained and for some reason up to that point I thought something was different about me, although I thought I was an alien from another planet. And when Mom well, the jury's still out on that one. Yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> so when mom explained that to me, it all made sense. And it was like, oh. I, and then I didn't say anything, but I went, I must be gay because for some reason I want to run around the playground and capture boys and handcuff them to things. So, <laughs> so, so, so uh, you know, after a while I found out, oh, this was a bad thing and then cried myself to sleep every night for the next four years Aww. during this. And, uh, and, you know, I, I was aware of it. I was vaguely aware of it. I was just, you know, I was very much dealing with the whole religious crap that was instilled into my brain from very early on. And, uh, 
when I came to college and actually had the opportunity to experience other points of views and actually uh, that and the invention of the internet um, and, you know, the ability to actually, you know, think beyond the closed-minded small town I came from, um, you know, I pretty much came out more or less officially about my second week as my freshman year in college. And, you know, the big concern was like, oh, my God, the whole dorm knows and nobody cared. <laughs> People don't care. That's I, I don't um, I don't really think that it's a big deal anymore. Yeah, it was it was it was more like you were a celebrity when you. I mean, back it back in the nineties <laughs> when you uh, came out. Try like the late eighties. You were a novelty when you were yeah, gay. <laughs> it was like you know, and then all your friends were like, "Really?" So and then they ask you all the gazillion questions, like, "Well, how's that going? Does that hurt?" And what's tossing salad? And then, and so <laughs> then you have to explain all these things to women, which they go, "Ew!" And then they're like, "Tell us about Gadar." And then they think like Gadar is like the coolest thing, like they're part of an inside joke. So they. Take Take you out just to test out your gaydar, and then they, you know, they take you to carnivals and stuff, and they're like, "Yeah, so what about him? Okay, what about him? Bye." They take you to carnivals and stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Wait, I, I was going to say, are you a display? <laughs> no, no, oh no. I mean, they just walk. We're just walking. I remember going to a carnival. They, they walk like, you around and say, "This guy's gay." No, they're like, "So who's gay?" I'm like, uh, "Gay, gay, bi curious." <laughs> Uh, had had an adventure, but mostly straight. Um, ooh, very gay. Um, gay, but his girlfriend doesn't know it yet. I mean, and they loved it. They thought this was like the coolest thing. I'm like, well, what do you, what do you? Know? Oh my god, you cracked me up. <laughs> At least I cracked somebody up. <laughs> I don't think you mean to. <laughs> oh my god. I, 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 I've been fortunate. I've led a very interesting life, and I don't know if that's just because of the way the fates have uh, have have basically. <laughs> You know, chosen me to go, but I've been very fortunate enough that at least Nathan, my life has never been boring. So. Now, Anthony, do you still do a podcast? Yeah, I still podcast. Okay. I just posted a whole show on all the Pride Forty Eight stuff for Columbus, Ohio. Oh, very good. At a chance, yeah. you know, the crew isn't coming around as much anymore. But I still do a tech show with Patrick. Um, I'm still doing a you know one-off shows. It's not as much, but uh, if you want to check all these shows, you can check out a chance Excuse me, shantinolema.com. Okay, and we'll be um, plugging those things later. But um, I wanted to give um, uh, Anjan, BC, and Jay a chance to tell us about their um, coming out stories and their um, adventures in early gayhood. Do you have mm. anything you want to share with us? Do you uh, want to go, Jay? Uh, yeah. Um, no, mine wasn't anything. All, I mean, I had a couple you know, experiences here and there in high school, but for the most part, and that was pretty much senior year. And then nothing until I moved in with my the guy who became my boyfriend at, at about 24, right after I graduated college. So, uh, but then I, you know, I, I suffered from that syndrome of because I went right into a relationship, I never got a chance to, you know, the quote unquote, throw your wild oats kind of thing. Yeah, be the slut phase. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's pretty much what broke up my first relationship because then I kind of found the whole like bear community. Um, and uh, joined a bear club, and and it kind of all went uh, downhill from there. Were, were you? Have you always been a bear? <laughs> um, I don't know that I'd consider myself a bear. I don't really have the physical size to be a bear, but I've always been attracted to bigger guys. I see. So, so are you a twink or are you an otter? No, I'm definitely more of an otter. Yeah. Okay, so you're a skinny, hairy guy. 
I'm not as skinny as I used to be, but <laughs> yeah. But then who is? We, as you say, yeah. we're, we're all there, honey. <laughs> More of an otter falling the seed. That's about what I would say. An otter what? Falling the seed. You okay. Know, on down. <laughs> now you say that the whole bear bear um, community, whatever, is what are the. Um, Lack of a slut phase ended your first relationship. Is that because you um, went outside the relationship and found some um, fun? Uh, yeah, it started to. Yeah, that started to happen. Yeah, so you were the person who cheated. Yes, Jay. I don't think we've had any people, well, anybody like you on our show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have. That you know about. You just don't know it. Well, that's actually, true. <laughs> actually, actually um, there's, hey, Anthony, there's a, shut up. Let him let him talk. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. And I was just going to say it was cheating with um, with uh, honesty. I mean, I didn't uh, understand. Well, <laughs> that's why they start. call it cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't like, fuck around and then you know say, oh, by the way, he kind of had an idea of what was going on, and then he just kind of tolerated it for so long before it kind of ended. Really? So he. It was yeah. almost like an open relationship then. Yeah, open on one end. <laughs> oh, because he didn't ever fool around with anybody? Um, I don't know that he didn't later. I think later on he did, like while we were still kind of living together, but we weren't really you know, sleeping together and stuff by then. So um, it was kind of over with, but we were just kind of roommates at that point, you know, that awkward kind of. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Not so, fun. So then after that, after that relationship ended, did you get right back into another one or did you have your whole playing around slut phase? Um, I fucked around a lot uh, for a while. Not a whole long, a whole long time, though. I, then I kind of got into a uh, what I now look back on as a rebound relationship. I was living in Florida and I they had uh, at the time in Tampa, they had a um, conference of all the gay uh, court, gay men's choruses from all over the world. Which I think happens every four years, and uh-huh. uh, and I'm not, I wasn't a member of a chorus, but I met somebody from Boston that was in the Boston Gay Men's Chorus, and it was kind of like one of those, you know, uh, quick deals. Where then I wound up moving up there like six months later. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Larry Dean posted a photo, I think, of you, Jay. He did. Yeah, from from the gay days. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, that's, I think that's very interesting because I, of all the people I've been talking to that we, over the years about relationships and stuff, they've never, I don't think so, at least I don't think though, that anyone has admitted to that they were the cheater that ended the relationship. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not proud of it, to be honest with you. It was, it was, uh, it was tough. Well, no, I'm not making a judgment at all. I just, no, no, no. I'm just saying it was, it was, uh, there was heartache on both ends of that by the end of it because, you know, he was my first relationship and everything. So, yeah. It was tough. But then I've been on the other end, too, so I can totally understand what it's like. Oh, okay. Well, now, Ange, do you have similar things to share? Uh, I suppose I do. Um, uh, Well, what should I tell you? I didn't actually sort of accept my homosexuality until very late. Like, I was probably 18 or 19. And I had even dated girls and everything, trying to hopefully change myself or you know to fit into the the norm but uh i don't i don't think i was i think i must have been about 20 or 21 before i had my first real homosexual experience wow so i hung in for a long time looking at all those cute boys wishing for things to happen <laughs> so yeah it was kind of a late bloomer i guess now, you know what it, 
Go ahead, Anthony. Go ahead. Well, it amazes me is um, <laughs> I, for some reason, all these strange individuals from my past keep popping up, and it's you know they're all <clears throat> married now, and it just <laughs> it just amazes me you know the amount of uh, <clears throat> marrying individuals who, if their uh, wives knew a little bit more information, would probably be uh, <laughs> be single again. <laughs> it's funny that you say that, Anthony, because um, last weekend was Gay Days, of course, at that. Um, Disney. Well, a very good friend of mine who is married with two children uh, decided to take a family trip to Gay Days or went to Disney the same weekend as Gay Days. And he. Um, oh. Oh. Yeah, he en- but, he enjoys so he's, his side. he's guilty. Did you tell him to wear red? No, I did not. <laughs> I did not, no. Actually, so I haven't wait, talked wait, wait. to him, but I saw it on his Facebook. Wait a minute, so he, okay, so he went to Gay Days and... He planned a family vacation knowing that it was Gay Days at Disney this week, this past weekend. Uh, Oh, are you Mm -hmm. kidding? He took the whole family down there and I'm sure... Yeah, I can be. Yeah, Mm mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... You uh, think that he had a little, do you think he had a little bit of fun on the side? I am sure he did. He probably said... Um, honey, meaning his wife, honey, I need to run out, you know, to, to, I need to go do something or whatever. And then he went and had some fun, I'm sure. Now, now the question is how, how, where was the wife? Probably in the hotel room. I mean, do you think she was aware of, is is she just plain dumb or do you think she's just dumb? I think she's just dumb. Oh, yeah. You know, it's. (laughs) Or he just, he hides it well enough that it doesn't, she never has to question it. Plus he travels for work so he can. You know, do stuff out of town, that kind of thing. Now, what do you think of that? I mean, because a lot of times that involves kids. Is it better for the guy if he has kids and is in that in a situation where he knows if that was ever to be revealed that that would just cause, you know, a bunch of, you know. Well, uh, there's, one way to, better? <laughs> there's one way to look at it. They actually might have um, an open relationship a straight open relationship where he can do his gay stuff on the side and she can be probably very cool with it. Maybe they don't even have sex anymore that they're just, um, in a relationship together, you know, mm. that kind of thing. So maybe it's totally open and she's fine with it. Who knows? And if they're Catholic, which they are <laughs> really, yes, I see. I, that, that, okay, let's, let's, let me propose this question, if I may. If the person is, if the wife is not cool with it, should the person lead that life of secrecy, or should he come out? I mean, what is there's there's people who would say, well, if it's for the kids, don't break up the family and just go ahead and have your fun as long as it doesn't affect the family. And there's other people who says, well, no, you need to be honest with yourself and basically, you know, be be honest, you know. Um, just really quick, um, Jay has to get going. So, um, Jay, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Yeah, sorry, guys. I know my, my partner's calling, so uh, I probably should go out there and spend some time. I understand <laughs> completely. I hope that you will join us again in the future, okay? Absolutely. It was really good to meet you guys that I haven't talked to before. I like having these new guests. I've got I got a lot of feedback last week from the new guest show, so um, I might you know be, continue to do this, inviting people that have not been on before. So thank you. Oh, yeah, that was a great show last week. Great. Thank you so much. No problem. You guys have a good night. You too. Bye. 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 Let me see. Do I need to hang up on him? (laughs) Uh, Please do. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I hung up on him. Okay, now I actually wanted to get back to Ange before we get to too much into your topic, Anthony, because I I don't think we let Ange finish his story of his process. 
Oh, yes. So um, I was actually outed uh, to my family, at least. I, I didn't come out, and I, was, I had sort of been hoping to keep it a secret forever. <laughs> um, but um, I was outed by a lesbian, of all things, too, if you can believe that. Now, why would she do that? <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's a it's a very complicated story, and I won't try to get into it now. But essentially, I don't. Maybe she wasn't out at this time either. But um, I was actually living with her. We were living together just as platonic roommates, not any kind of romantic situation. And um, she is a friend of the sort of a long term friend of my family. But um, uh, she. So what had happened? Yeah, she was a roommate of mine, and then I met my part, my first partner, and was living with him for about six months. And she felt it necessary to to rat me out to my family. So, so um, <laughs> who did she I tell in your family? So she told my mom, and my mom phoned me and said, "So and so told me a little something today that you know that you're gay," and I said, "Well, oh, yes, I am." And my mom was very fairly upset, but she said, "She said, well, you have to tell the family." So we had to have a big family meeting. And <laughs> oh, jeez, are you serious? I do. Yeah, I was called onto the carpet, if you can believe it. But like, you had to tell everybody all at the same time. <laughs> well, my <laughs> yeah, my it was my mom and dad and brother, and maybe his wife was there. I think, and um, and uh, you know, it was kind of a good thing because it uh, it forced me to tell them. So. I I'd sort of come to a point where, well, I just got. To, I had decided I have to do this, right? It's I, I can't hide anymore. So I guess, it wasn't all but... bad, but it was a, it was not a pleasant experience. Like my mother told me that I should get out of her house that she's not even allowed to have lunch with me according to the Bible, right? <laughs> oh my god! So, so <laughs> which is and it's very funny because my mom was always sort of the least religious of the people in my family, but. But uh, she, I don't know if she was just scared for me, or she was she was seemed to be quite hurt by the fact that I was gay. But they came around eventually, you know. Okay. Although my and brothers, they're totally cool with it now. Um, well, no, no <laughs> see, nobody, nobody is cool with it. But there was a time where I was able to remain close to my family. Um, but it, it, my family's very religious, so. So wow. we just sort of, you know, we don't agree on certain things. So then when you were on your show, when you were talking about your brother not coming to your house, you know, because all those years you lived there and he never came over to your house, is it because of the the fact that you're gay and that they were so religious? Yeah, I, absolutely. I think um, I, they've often told me that they don't want to come to my den of iniquity because <laughs> in my – yeah. it's kind of funny, isn't it? It sounds very – they actually say that? Well, my, you know, I mean, I think my dad might have said it once, but, but, I that I think that's what they fit, they think they feel. That's so my tragic. brothers don't like me to be around their kids. I mean, their kids are now, you know, between the ages of ten and sixteen, eighteen. They don't like me to be around them. They don't like to be me to be left alone with them. Oh my god! See, I would totally, I would totally cut off all communication with those crazy people. That's that's just yeah. Me. Well, I, that's I've sort of come to that. I'm yeah, sorry. I suppose. And I've, and I've almost come to that. I that that uh, in my life where, I, as I talked about on my recent show, that do I even bother to tell them 
where I'm going. Uh, right, because they don't care. I, I don't know that they don't care, but do I care for them to know? That's the question, really. That's true. And then the whole you, you were explaining how you um, spend once a month, you go and talk to your dad and spend time with your dad. I mean, you know, right, you, yeah. Do you ever get to tell him about what's going on in your life with your with your husband? Well, he he knows Mr. Anderson well. I mean, I I certainly don't hide the fact that I have a husband from my dad. Um, he's very aware of our relationship and everything. Um, and yeah, we talk. Uh, I share my life completely with my dad. You know about you know at least the things that you can share with your parent, right? right. Not that you're taking up the butt or anything. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, I don't hide my relationship or my life from my dad at all, but um he, you know, he's not a uh, not an integral part of my life, I guess, you know. Right. We don't hang out a lot. He doesn't come over for dinners. Like I don't think he likes to be here because he's he's uncomfortable. Right. But I still feel, I mean, I know that my father loves me and I feel uh I still feel I have a strong relationship with my father, at least. Um, but, you know, this is an area where we agree to disagree, and um, I still feel I have his respect and he has mine. So, I just think that's it's so still sad, a good relationship. Though. Well, you have to realize, yeah. Archer, you know, when you come out, your parents almost have to come out, too. It's, it's a process for exactly. them as well, because, you know, now they have to go and defend you against the rest of the world and people and stuff like that. So, exactly. yeah, it's, they it's, don't have it's, necessarily it's, the information that, that we as gay people have had. Like it took me right. 18 years to, to come to terms with my homosexuality. You can't expect your mother, father, and brothers to immediately go, all right. You know, right. Let's go to the gay bars. A good book to, to, to give if you're ever in that situation. I believe uh, and Benji did this on his Gaily Forward show. It's, it's called uh, Now That You Know. And basically it's for parents because the parents have to go through a whole process as well. And, you know, that's why some parents, you know, they're, you know, not wanting to go through that process as much as some of us did not want to have to go through the whole coming out process because it is a whole process. You know, it's a chore. See, and now, I, I'm going to, I think I've said this before. I did not have a coming out process. I knew I was gay like in seventh grade. And I was well, sucking dick by the time I was a ju- sophomore, junior in high school. And I, I just, and this was back in the 80s. I just, I didn't have the whole coming out process. Then by, when I was 22, told my dad a week later, told my mom, she told the rest of my family. It was like, no big deal. I, I know I'm a rare, I'm a rarity or whatever, but I don't necessarily think that I understand the whole coming out process because I didn't have to go through it. Well, it's not necessarily just accepting yourself. It's the ability of, you know, you have to educate people. You know, every time, every time I meet people, for me, still to this day, I almost have to throw in information because, for me, a lot of people don't pick up on subtle cues. You know, they automatically assume that I'm straight because, you know, I'm, you know, I, I, I believe I appear to be fairly masculine acting. Unless I get really goofy, then they, then they start just, oh, he's just a goofy guy. So. And then when they say something like girlfriend or, you know, in fact, while I was at work and 
like I said, I think last time I was on your show, somebody just made the joke like, well, your roommate's not in the bed with you. And I'm like, well, actually, yes, he is. He's my partner. So you almost have to, you know, you, you almost have to push people over the edge sometimes, which can be really annoying. Yeah. Wow. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from because, you know, my dad, he obviously knows, but it's never discussed with my dad. But then again, I never had a really close, you know, connection with my dad to begin with. When I talk to my dad, it's very much, it's very much like talking to, you know, somebody at work. It's very professional and it's very uh, platonic, or not platonic. Um, it, it's very, you so know. So he never says, um, what's your husband's name? Sean. Sean. So he never says, what's Sean doing? How's Sean doing? No, he doesn't even ask what I'm doing. (laughs) Literally, the phone conversations are, how's it going? Pretty good. Anything new? Nope. Alrighty then. Well, (laughs) so I mean, literally when I call him, I have to almost, you know, and that's just the way he is. He's with everybody. He's just very much, you know, walk quietly and carry a big stick. In fact, you know, when when, uh, Sean came over to my sister, they're like, oh, don't worry. It took him seven years to warm up to uh, Zach, my my sister's husband. So for you, it'll probably take 20. So don't worry about it. So, I mean, it's just. He's just he's just very quiet. He doesn't, you know, unless you talk want to talk about Indians, um, you know, the Indians. He he's he or Dot you know, Indian or Arrow Indian. Uh, Cleveland. The, the Cleveland Indians. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Archie, yeah. sometimes you are so gay. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That was funny though. Hey Arthur, do you have such issues with your parents? Well, Did no, because my my parents died before I came out. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, so it was never an issue for me. But, what about with you know, your family? Well, that's, I was I was listening to all this, and I don't ever remember a time where it was ever a conscious decision to come out as such. Because I mean, it was never a big big de- deal for me, except when I realized that there were going to be potential uh, potential harm to me from others. Because I um, was growing up and reaching adolescence and all that in the seventies. And that's you know Anita Bryant was doing her crusades and all that, and I realized that there could be a potential danger um, ultimately when I came out. And I didn't actually really do anything about coming out officially until I went off to university. I would have been um, 21, I guess, at the time. And I don't remember any particular issues. Uh, I do remember that after my parents died, my brother moved into their house. We hadn't sold it or anything yet. And his girlfriend at the time was... Um, uh, living there, and he, she used to talk to me about this gay friend she had. So I'm thinking she obviously is clocked. What's going on here? But my brother used to talk about Richard Simmons swishing around on TV all the time. And he, of course, my he said other things that I thought were even worse. And so I thought, okay, I'm not going to say anything to him. And then one day, my sister and I were talking. This is before I came out, and we were talking about things like liver and kidneys and you know, all those icky things that people eat. And in those days, I used to say things in really grand fashion. And I said, I never eat internal organs. And she said, oh, only external ones, huh? Oh, <gasps> <you're> kidding. <laughs> but she didn't know what she was saying, it turned out. <laughs> oh, my God, that's funny. I was mortified because I wasn't ready. <laughs> but you were you're like, oh, my God, she's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, but then when I actually told him, it's just like, oh, that's that. I think my sister was one of the last people I told, and I never did officially tell my brother. It just I just sort of took for granted and moved on. And um, but I mean, you know, talking about being alienated from families and all that, 
Nigel's entire family is is basically the center of our social universe, and I can't imagine what life would be like if we weren't part of each other's lives. It just it's it's unimaginable to me what that would be like. Yeah, that's that's, nice. that, that's sort of. Uh, I mean, thankfully, Sean's um, Sean's family was very accepting one, and my family is is. My uh, my mom and my sisters are basically just loving him, which is in turn uh, given my mom some sort of uh, stability. Uh, then the fact that all she decided to become a Clay Aiken fan two years ago, but um, you know it's it, it, it's a process sometimes. And my mom's come a long way from where she she used to be. I mean, her immediate concern when I first came out to her was you know she didn't want me to get sick. And now, you know, she's, you know, she's at least a little better off in terms of understanding, you know, that, you know, it's it, nothing's different about me. I'm still the same person as before. You know, it's just that the person I choose to partner with just has a penis and not a vagina. So, I mean, she's, <laughs> she's, she's, she's come a long way. My family's come a long way from the very beginning and whatnot. And, you know, and my dad will probably come a long way as time goes on. But for right now, it's just something that's just not discussed. But I mean, well, that doesn't mean that, I mean, he does seem to have a ever since he, he had a heart issue a couple of years ago and ever since then he's been a little bit more open to talking and I noticed when he hangs up the phone he says alright love you babe and I'm like babe when did you start calling me babe so I mean he's why at least would he, why would he call you babe I think some people do yeah, I think he's just he's he's either saying that, well he's either so used to talk to the girls or something or he's just you know sort of I think he he's showing a little bit more emotion for for what my dad shows for his emotions but he's been uh and he's been very receptive uh, when Sean actually came to um my niece's party Sean was saying that he was being you know a little more receptive to him being there so I, I think if anything he wants some brownie points from my dad from that because my uh, previous roommate who wasn't my any you know he's just a roommate with a relationship you know sort of you know wouldn't come out from playing World of Warcraft and you know just to say hi and then go back to the game so um, I think if anything you know my my current roommate which is all you know obviously happens to be my partner i think he's warming up to the idea because he actually shows up to family functions now talking about family functions um there was a time when my family had lots and lots of family functions and if i had had a boyfriend at that time they would have been thoroughly accepted and we would we would have gone to the family functions and stuff but as as uh, my brothers and sisters have gotten older and my parents have moved apart, and my mother is now in a condo. We don't have any a one place where the entire family gets together. Um, so there's very there's fewer and fewer opportunities for us all to get together. So we don't actually have interaction with my family very much, simply because it's too big. We just don't get together very much. But the boyfriend's parents are actually they're visiting right now, and we're going to spend time together this weekend. And I get together with his. Uh, you know his parents and his sister any time that we can, so I'm lucky in that way. But um, you know, I, I just don't have the same opportunity with my family simply because of the size. You know, I have six brothers and sisters. So anyway, I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, I was going to say, what was the point? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I think the point is is that if you have a family that's open, it, it, it's you know it's becoming more common, but it, it, you know to count your blessings because you know there are still people who deal with families that just you know are just part of my friend's religious batshit 
and they just you know they don't see beyond their own little box of a world and their own beliefs and they can't make that jump yet because they just will not you know they don't want to change and you know change is hard but change for some people is very hard and unfortunately some people just you know even if it means outcasting their own you know flesh and blood they'll they'll do that instead of you know trying to actually open their mind to something else yeah now let's i just want interesting go ahead sorry if if i can interject the interesting thing that happened to me was um when my mother had said (laughs) i'm not even allowed to have lunch with you (laughs) um i had sort of quite dramatically run out of the house and was going to leave you know after this big family meeting and it was my brother who sort of chased after me and and said uh, he said to me, "I'm I'm still your brother, or yeah, you're still my brother." He said to me, and uh, but I just can't have lunch who, with you. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, no, he 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 really was uh, sort of helped me come back into the family. In fact, uh-huh. but now you know, twenty years later, we're we're sort of estranged, estranged, and I I wonder if that's because his wife is ha- is fairly. Uh, strong in his opinions, if you know what I mean. Like she has, she has a lot of control over him and his ability to, you know, uh, interrelate with other people. So. And that's and that's why straight women are evil. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I well, did want to uh, move this in a different direction now. Actually, actually, Archer, I got to run. Unfortunately, I am um, the uh, the boyfriend is calling me as well. So, okay, um, that's no problem because I was actually getting ready to end it. But you, but you can go ahead. Why don't you plug something before you leave? Okay. Well, once again, Archer, everybody, thank you for letting me be on and joining late. Um, I'm Anthony from Enchanty No Lemon and also AnthonyInSumble.com. You can pick up all the podcasts at AnthonyInSumble.com or AnchantyNoLemon.com. And join us for, I believe, 10 o'clock on the 26th, or I'm sorry, 9 o'clock in the morning on the 26th. Of uh, which we'll be doing a live broadcasting of Ashanti No Lemon. Um, if anyone wants to call in, I would really appreciate it because I don't know if I'll have anybody in the studio. So please call me. Oh no, that'd be a good time to have your boyfriend on. I'm I'm, I'm trying. Believe me, I'm trying. It's it's he's so afraid of just sounding dumb, and and I'm just like after just, you're on, please. Yeah, I know. I'm like you can't do much worse than me. Believe me. <laughs> Just we all sound out. dumb, especially me. But not Arthur; he's the smart one. Remember, <laughs> and the Shantino Lemon is on at nine o'clock Eastern time, nine a.m. Eastern time on uh, Friday, Saturday, the twenty-sixth. By the way, and Arthur, Arthur, great job! I mean, really, everybody <laughs> gives props. Send some money to Pride Forty Eight, and you know, send some love to Arthur button. because these guys have been working their butts off, and they really do need our support and love because of the amount of work that he's been doing is just uh, my hats off to you, my friend. Well, thank you for that. Yes. Congratulations on getting the schedule finalized, Arthur. That will be a big load off. Yeah. Yes. And with that being said, nice to meet you, everybody. And I will be talking to you later. Okay. Thanks, Anthony. See ya. Bye. <laughs> okay, he hung up himself. No, I was just going to move this in a different direction because I was noticing that um, people that were coming into the chat room, they weren't really sure what uh, the show was going on. Like Peter Licious didn't really know who this was. This is Archer from Archer.com, and I was having um, 
the Faye driver, Arthur Anthony, and um, Jay, a listener, on the show. So that's what you're listening to. <laughs> but I was going to move into uh, wrapping this up, and I was going to say thank you to the Faye driver and to Arthur and to Jay and to Anthony for joining me tonight. But I want to give you each a couple seconds to um, you know, plug something, because I know you both have something to plug. So <laughs> let's start with the Faye driver. Um, well, actually, I'll plug Pride 48 and the great job that, well, I know Anthony already said this, but uh, I just want to say thanks a lot to all of the participants and organizers of Pride 48, especially for the gay days, all the activity over gay days. And Archer, your show you did was really great. Thank you. And uh, I will plug uh, the Faye Driver and the Pink Wheel Nuts podcast at pinkwheelnuts.com. Great. Thank you. And Arthur, what would you like to plug? Well, you can get to all my personal stuff at emerins.com, A-M-E-R-I-N-Z.com. But mainly, the Pride 48 Marathon is June 25 through 27 this year. It starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday the 25th. We have a pretty full lineup. I've posted a schedule on my site, uh, emerinspodcast.com, and you can get to that. There's a, uh orange tab at the top that says, what's home, about, and Pride 48. You click on the tab that says Pride 48. You go down at the bottom of that page and then it says to download a pdf you click here we'll just do that and you can have your very own copy of it and uh, hopefully we'll have the last little bits of it finalized in the next week or so but uh, we also do a live show on tuesday this coming tuesday at 8 p.m eastern time called state of the station where we go over whatever's going on with pride 48 i think daniel will be back for that and uh, any updates we have we'll have then if you have any questions about pride 48 you can uh, send them to me or to Daniel. Uh, if you send them to me, it's Arthur, A-R-T-H-U-R, at pride48.com, and we will do our best to answer them. Very good. Now, on top of that, I want to remind everybody that um, Big Fatty has an application that you can download for the iPhone. Does he have one for the iPad, or is this just the same one? I don't, I don't know. But um, Steve in the U.K. is in the chat room, and he designed and uh, created that app for Big Fatty. And... Um, I believe the proceeds from purchasing that app go to pride48.com. Is that correct, Arthur? I believe that is the case, yes. I, th- I heard that on Big Fatty. I <laughs> haven't paid any attention since, <laughs> but I believe that is the case. So you need to go over and purchase that app just to um, help. That That can be your way of supporting Pride 48. If you don't have you know the five bucks to give, I think it's like $1.99 or something, like two ninety nine. So I don't know how much it is because I certainly didn't purchase it. <laughs> <laughs> do as Yet. I say, not as I do. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's a good way to support pride48.com if you don't want to give um, cash directly. So, yeah. I think that's what I, all I wanted to say. Um, what else? I, I guess that's it. I'll just say, uh, if I could, Archer, thank you for popping my Skype cherry. It felt really good. You are very welcome. And you know what? You have some amazing audio, so you need to keep you know joining us. Oh, I'd be delighted to. It's, a t- it's difficult for me because you start your show at 4.30, my time, and I'm usually either on my way to work or um, Mr. Anderson is waiting for dinner, so I have to cook dinner. But, but maybe I could join again sometime. Well, It'd be great. How did it work out today, then? Mr. Anderson is starving. Oh, you're just kidding. He's been waiting circle, all this pointing time? Pointing to his watch. No, I'm just joking. He he fed himself tonight. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you were able to join us. I really appreciate it. And thanks very much. You're welcome. All right. Well, then why don't you guys say it with me? Until next time. 
Bye. Bye. Bye.